Hey everyone, this is Let's Get Practical with Daryl Girardier, and today we're talking about what I've learned from growing a massive Facebook group. Let's do this. Welcome to Let's Get Practical. This podcast is about church communications from a practical standpoint. It's about what works and what doesn't. It's about helping you cut through all of the clutter and noise and getting straight to the point. And today we're getting straight to the point about Facebook groups, specifically how I, with a former coworker, grew a small Facebook group into a Facebook group that roughly at this point has over 18,000 members. So if you don't know, I run a Facebook group with a former coworker of mine, Katie Allred, and it's a Facebook group that's designed for church communicators. And right now we're sitting at a little over 18,000 members. In fact, in the last year, we've grown by 8,000 members, I think, from the last time I checked the stats. So we've had quite a good amount of growth over this last year. And to let you know what's kind of like the managed group like that, on average, we get about 20 to 30 posts per day of people wanting to post inside of the group. And so that's what we have to look at on a daily basis to approve and decline. Um, and then we have about 30 to 50 requests uh, a day to join the group. And we probably declined about half of those requests of people to join the group after filtering out for people who actually are church communicators or have some sort of invested interest in church communications versus spam or people who we think probably won't best fit the group given some of those criteria. So that's kind of what we deal with on a day-to-day basis in regards to this group. But I think there's some key things that we've learned over the last year about the Facebook group that I think will apply to church communicators as a lot of us are diving into the Facebook group uh, waters. Um, As most of us know, Facebook pages has been the primary application for a lot of us when it comes to our content and who we are on our digital presence for our churches on Facebook. However, we know that Facebook groups is where the future lies given the emphasis that Facebook is putting on those groups. So we are, a lot of us are trying to start groups for our our churches or maybe ministries inside of our church. And so it's kind of a new territory for a lot of us that we're all diving into. So what I want to talk about today, some of the things that we've learned about managing a Facebook group that I think is applicable to those of us who are currently doing Facebook groups or thinking about doing Facebook groups uh, for our churches. And so, so here's some th- key things that we've learned about growing and managing Facebook groups. First things we learned is, is that Facebook values groups that have high interaction. Uh, one of the things that we learned early on was that the reason why we were getting traction with our group was the fact that our group was highly active. In other words, people were constantly posting content and people were responding to that content. In fact, when we first got admitted into a new group called the Power Admins group, when Katie and I got into that group, that was not based off the size of the group, but the fact that Facebook said your group is highly active. And because your group is highly active, we've deemed you a power group, which we thought was really cool. It's kind of nice to have, if you will. So we we determined that was based off of not about the size of the group, but the highly, uh, highly active part of the group. That was a lot of interaction. And with that interaction came um, the ability to have Facebook to start to suggest us to other people. We found that a lot of our people were coming to the group because they were, it was suggested to them. And we believe the reason why the suggestions were happening was because the group itself was highly active. So therefore, Facebook determined, hey, you work at a church. You like church communications. Therefore, you may like this group because it's highly active. A lot of people are in there and it's something you may gain value from. Now that for us was true, I would say all the way up until about the last seven months. In the last seven months, we've seen a decline 
and people joining based off of Facebook suggesting the group. So that may mean that we've hit an inflection point. We don't know the data on this, the hard data on this, that we've reached some sort of inflection point by which the group won't grow organically from Facebook suggesting it to people. That we've hit an inflection point by which we still are a highly active group, but because we have 18,000 members and not all 18,000 are participating in conversations every single day, Facebook may deem that not as active as it used to be. So we're still trying to determine that. But what that tells you is, is at some point you're going to have Facebook suggest the group to people. And there may be a point by which that suggestion starts to slow down. So what we've done is we've fallen back on two different things. One, we have had a lot of blog posts and outside content right about the group or link to the group. And so we find that people find our group via other podcasts um, other blog posts that people write about us. So that's been, we're super grateful for anytime somebody mentions us. So that's always, that's always wonderful. And then of course we also have our website, which points back churchcommunications.com, which points back to the Facebook group as well. So we've had to rely on uh, other people suggesting through other means and other methods about the Facebook group. The other thing that helped us out was our name convention because we're called church communications. When you type in church communications, we're the first thing that pops up. So when you're thinking about your Facebook groups, you want to make sure you're linking from outside sources that you know will generate traffic to the group. And you also want to name your group in such a way that it's easy to find. You don't want to make them super unique that where nobody would know exactly what that means. This is one of those dangers you have, you know, when you are doing ministry work where a minister wants to create a ministry and they want to give it some unique name, but it really doesn't state really what the ministry does. And all of a sudden, if you create a Facebook group based off of that, nobody's really going to know to search for that thing uh, because they may just be looking for Bellevue Baptist student ministry and you've called it, you know, engaged student ministry, but they don't know to search for engage. So keep that in mind when you're naming the group, because we know that's helped us. Cause when I asked the question, how did you find out about the group right now? It's typically, I found out via a blog or podcast, or I typed in, in the search results and you were the first thing that came up. The next thing we've learned is that your core group that's in your group, in other words, if you think about like if you had a core group of people that are the highly active people, that group will evolve and change and almost come in waves. So while we have about 18,000 members, I will tell you about a thousand of them, I would consider our core members in the sense that they're daily actively checking the actual Facebook group or they've got content constantly in their feed and they're constantly responding. So they're, they're highly active in the group. Um, and that kind of comes in waves in, in terms of who's in that thousand, if you will. And again, I'm, I'm ballparking on that number. And the reason why I know that is, is I can just tell you, I see which faces appear, which faces I haven't seen in a while. I can just, cause I read a lot of the comments. I read a lot of the posts and I can tell you who's highly active and who was previously highly active. So for us, we're seeing that, uh, the evolution that the group, if you will, the DNA doesn't necessarily change, but maybe how it looks and feels can change over time as that group evolves and grows. And then in the subset, by the way, of that thousand, I would tell you is we know we have a hundred people that are our top contributors. That group will change as well. So your Facebook group is going to evolve over time. It won't seem static unless, you know, nobody else joins your ministry or nobody else joins the group, then yeah, it will stay the same. But as your group grows, and if you have rapid growth, the nature of that group will change. So you're just going to have to manage that uh, as, as you go along. Here's some of the things we've now learned about the content inside of your group. And this is kind of, again, this is stuff that we're definitely seeing in the last six months that's changed things um, for us in terms of how we approach content. But some of the things we've seen is that outside links that take you outside of Facebook, we know when you post those type of things on pages, we know that you're not going to get a lot of organic reach on that. You're going to have to pay for it. 
Um, but when we first did groups, we, that was never an issue for us. The Facebook groups always treated links like pretty much any other content. And I can just tell you that based off of people's interaction with the content, um, likes, shares, comments, all that kind of stuff. When, when we started posting outside links lately, that content's not get nearly the same amount of interaction with people. Um, I'm not getting the same amount of traction when people post outside links. So again, we don't have hard data on this, but it's telling us that I think, again, Facebook is trying to make sure that you're posting content that keeps people on the platform. So that's why you'll see whenever I post somebody else's content, like maybe like Brady over at Pro Church Tools, I will not go to YouTube and grab his YouTube content. I'll go to his Facebook page and grab the Facebook content and post in the group because I know that will get traction. So we're having to think through that for ourselves of, how do we get people, if we want people to go outside of Facebook, what's the best way to do that? How do we get them there? We're thinking through that as well, but we noticed that they're not treating links the same as they used to. We're also noticing our content that live video still works really, really well for us. It's still one of those things where I'll go live every Monday. I do a giveaway every Monday morning in the group and that content still performs really, really well for us. We'll still get 1,200 to 2,000 views on a good piece of content. Um, within a 24 hour period inside the Facebook group, which we're super happy with. We're super happy with anybody who takes the time to watch any of our content. So we're finding that Facebook live still is doing really, really well, still actually does better than pre-prepared content, uh, depending on the, the nature of the content itself. But live content still does really well inside a Facebook group. So if you have a Facebook group, what you want to do is you want to do live content you know, as reasonable as possible, because that's still going to get you the the interaction with your audience that you're looking for. So that's nothing new. But again, in side of groups, I think because you're hitting a really targeted audience, I think Facebook Live provides that much more value. Uh, another thing is that what we've, and this is not so much what we've learned, but this is what we, we see coming down the road. And after, after, after I've talked to multiple people who live in the same sphere as this, is that at some point we believe that Facebook will probably provide or run ads inside of a group. Now, if you are in our Facebook group, you'll notice that we do run ads in our group. We have a group sponsor of the month. Um, and we do that for a whole different host of reasons. Um, and that's worked really well for us. However, we know there's going to come a day where somebody's going to be able to run an ad in the group that we're going to have no control over because Facebook is going to say, would you like to target this group? And so again, I don't have any hard evidence that this is going to happen. I just know that Facebook's mentality seems to be grow something inside their platform to a certain inflection point and then figure out a way to monetize it. And I see that's what they're doing with groups, grow groups to a certain inflection point, And then they're going to figure out a way to monetize that. I think the natural thing to do for them would be to run ads. So if you have a Facebook group, don't be surprised in 18, 24 months. If you see the fact they are now going to run ads for your group. So that may be if your group is based around, you know, obviously your church or ministry inside your church. And obviously you've got it's based around a community in a region. Don't be surprised at like a local auto dealership or whatever can now run ads inside of that group based off the fact that you live in a certain community. I just think that's going to happen. It's just Facebook's nature and the way they handle things. So you just need to be prepared for that down the road. We're prepared for it. We just know it's going to happen. And when it does, we're going to accept that for what it is. So that's again, not something we have hard data on, but something we believe is going to happen. Now, growing this group, one of the things you also have to think about this in terms of growing this group when you hit a certain inflection point is that it does take a tremendous amount of your time. And this is what I want to close with is that when you start a Facebook group and your group grows rapidly, and I hope your group does, I hope you have a lot of growth and a lot of interaction with this group is that 
these groups really take on a life of their own and it really requires you to really think strategically about how you're going to scale this and make it sustainable. For us, that's that's us bringing on moderators to help us deal with all of the traffic that we get, all the comments that we get, the you know approvals, declines, all that stuff that we have to deal with. We've had to do that. You're going to have to do that at some point. This cannot be a one-person operation. As much as I'd like to think it could be, it's not going to be for you. So when you're growing your Facebook group, you need to think through volunteers to help you out to manage the day-to-day because you don't want to be glued to your phone 24-7 or your, 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 uh, you know, your laptop, your iPad, whatever. And you don't want to, you don't want to constantly live in there, but you got to have a sense that something's always, somebody's always watching over it and making sure that conversation is flowing, going in the right direction and nothing nefarious is happening. So you want to think that through. And I will tell you for me, having our moderators has been a huge help that I don't have to constantly look at the group 24 seven to say, Oh gosh, is everything going the way it's supposed to go? So when you're thinking through that, think through how you make it sustainable and scalable for you. But those are some of the lessons we've learned from um, the growing the, the Facebook group, which we are, again, are super grateful that anybody would actually give us their time and attention. So we're, we're super humbled by that. And so we're thankful that people would do that. And by the way, if you haven't joined the group, just go to churchcommunications.com and you'll see a link for the Facebook group and join us. We'd love to hang out with you. We'd love to chat with you, help you with your problems, or maybe you can help us with our problems because... Gosh, I know we got a lot, of, a lot of them. So there you go. That's what we've learned from growing a massive Facebook group, specifically the stuff we've learned over the last year. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. If you love this podcast, please leave us a rating on iTunes. We would love it and we'd really appreciate it. Also, don't forget, you can always give us feedback by going to the link in the show notes. You can do that as well. We'd love to hear back from you on that. Hope you're having a great day and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye.